Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you with another episode from the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure series, The Elders, with the quest, The Value of Life. Our party in the last episode uh, was dealing with some deep stuffs. They're uh, hot on the trail to getting a certain Antithea revived, brought back to life uh, after getting supplied with the diamond from the queen herself, or at least, you know, with the funds and that whole thing. I'm sure that won't bite anybody in the ass later on. I'm sure you guys are in in the clear on that one. But anyway... Party made it over to Glory Wake, spoke with the high priest about it. High priest told Anton, hey, I might not make it. You want to be the high priesty instead? And then Anton's like, okay, maybe. And Actually, Anton, it was just, yup. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Slugs the high priest right there, <laughs> takes the hat, puts it on. There's always got to be a hat. But anyway, uh, with that, the party left off pretty much knowing that they had to wait uh, at least, a, what, a week's time? And so the party is chilling here for a bit, waiting for the uh, spell to be completed and for her to awaken again. But in the meantime, half the party is staying at the local inn and the other half of the party is staying at the church. And the people at the inn were reached out to by a couple of woodsmen who apparently work for the Amarothian Guard as rangers uh, and mentioned that they were looking for people quite like them to do some work. Uh, having recognized Norhill and Jarzak for being part of the, you know, companions there, the party of heroes, uh, it was pretty clear that they would choose you guys amongst much of the rabble inside the uh, tavern at the time. So with that, um, they mentioned that they're offering a reward. They're looking for some people who are specialists to go track some stuff down. Uh, Like I said in the last episode, they mentioned that there was obviously more details to the story but from what it sounded like there was strange howling in the night strange yelling half human half bestial sounds coming from the woods and they need to kind of scout out the woods the Thalvir wood uh to the south in order to prevent any of the orcs from getting in from that angle so they're looking for somebody to get to the bottom of what the heck is out there killing all the scouts and hopefully put an end to it uh the woodsman mentioned that the person to talk to somebody who'd be back in town by evening was mr jezorn uh who happens to be a lead ranger for the amarothian army which i don't know if you guys happen to remember jezorn but it wasn't exactly the cleanest of endings you guys had the last time you dealt with him but you know 
Were you shaking her head? No, you don't. No, remember? I, it was just it was a bad time. Mister, <laughs> my ecology. Okay. He's gonna be like, well, well, well. Looking to disrupt another one. <laughs> Do they make frogs in the forest? Um, but yeah, and so with that, uh, what's the what's the deal with the party at this point? What's Norhill and Jarzak gonna do with this information? Are you looking uh, to tell the rest Norhill of the party? Norhill will make way to the church to fill in uh, Anton and Klika about this. Um, what time of day is it? It's, I imagine, I mean, they come to you guys early at the crack of dawn, so it's probably about breakfast when you guys are waking up and they come in to find you. They're probably there before you guys are even up and looking for you specifically. So, yeah, about the crack of dawn. Okay, and uh, Jesswarm is coming back in the evening? Yeah. All right, yeah, so he'll uh, make his way to the church, but you know, he's in no real, he's in no huge rush, I guess. You know, I was hoping it was going to be one of those bro comedies, and you and Jarzak were going to have your own little quest. You already hinted at it a little bit by, you know, looking around the walls and looking for orcish plants. It's like the odd couple. Yeah, yeah, it's one thing to go walking around the walls to, you know, see what happened in sight of an entire town of people. And it's now we're going to take it to the next level. Wandering off into the woods to fight werewolves by yourself. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said werewolves? You did. Well, we did know not. about the werewolf. I did not say anything about werewolves. I said wolf wears, and then you replied, wolf, where? And I said, that's a good one, Anthony. But let's get back to that bro comedy with Jarzak. So anyway, Norhill shows up to the church and alarms Klika and Anton that old man Jesorin's coming to town looking to claim a debt. Um, <laughs> no, but got he, a fucking six iron on his hip. <laughs> six iron on his hip. <laughs> Very good. I'm glad you made that reference. That is such a lovely folk song. But anyway, um, Ronnie looks confused. Do you not yeah. know about the six iron on his hip? Don't don't no. worry, you're not the only one. What? I, I have no clue. Is it just me and Ryan? No, I know. I know. I think oh, I've okay. listened to it with you before. Yeah, okay, there you go. But anyway, uh, apart from cowboy songs, um, <laughs> so the part. What is, else is there? Yeah, I, honestly, I'm starting to wonder why I even have a D and D podcast <laughs> if we're not going to talk about cowboy songs. What the fuck is this all for? But anyway, um. Okay, so after being told of this meeting, the party's going to pretty much just hang out and wait until evening, or did you guys want to make yourselves useful during the day for the City of Glory Wake? Well, I think Anton's going to ask him about that. He's going to disclose to them what the high priest told him. Okay. About the situation. Did you want to do that at the inn where Jarzak and Norhill are both staying, or did you want to do it here at the church? Because Jarzak's not there. Um, I'll do it at the inn. All right, so Klika and Anton accompany Norhill back to the inn to go talk with Jarzak. This place is called the Dashing Swordsman, by the way. It's a fancy little place. Lots of green paint all over the place. Looks like somebody did a really bad job, or it's orc blood, or Shrek ketchup. I'm not sure which one it is, but no matter what, don't touch it. Um, Okay, so go ahead, Anton. You have the floor. So Anton gets upset at table. He's like, I was given an a surprising proposition um, mix of good and bad I learned with the bringing back of Antonia that there may be the loss of the high priestess and he asked if that was the case he wanted to take his place in the church my gut tells me 
yes. Well, at least my mouth said yes, but I think I would prefer the guidance of my fellow companions before I make such a grand decision. Pray that you don't have to. We've never done this spell before, at least in my knowledge, he hasn't, so pray yes, he will make it through, but I do have to plan if it goes the other way. Getting some vibes from Anton right now that he's doing that, like, walking out the door thing where he's just like, all right, if anybody wants to stop me, going to the store by myself, anybody want to come? <laughs> it's just like, going to become the high priest, give up adventuring. See y'all later. If you want, you can stop me. I'll reconsider. I'm thinking about it. Wait, what was that, Jarzak? Like, like <laughs> sniffed. Like, oh, oh, sorry. I, I thought you said stay. Uh, all right. But okay. So, I mean, does that set a somber tone for Kalika and Jarzak, or is Jarzak kind of unfazed? I don't know how Jarzak really feels about Anton in this. I mean, who better to take over to represent the light? Should I should I uh, cue the audience to do? Aww. Should you cue Jarzak to roll a deception check? <laughs> <laughs> With the light on this party's mind. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Ronnie rolls up her dark cleric. <laughs> dark party. But anywho, okay. And how does Kleeka feel about it? Um, I think Kleeka is just kind of like. Staring at Anton and not really sure what to say. I think Cleek um, is going to look at him and say, you, you're going to stay with us though, right? Like, If I become the high priest, I'll be expected to stay here and take up the high priest role. Yeah, but Cleeka... You could just stay here too. Big, no. big, big party in Glory Wake. Klika needs to finish helping everybody else out, and so does Anton. And the church will be okay. You just have to tell them to do the good stuff, and then you can leave and come with us still. Well, if that were the main thing that holds me back, I mean, it'd be. I never imagined becoming high priest. I never thought I was even worthy of becoming such a role. There must be other clerics here that would I'm surprised they even picked me out, but I agree. They're a bunch of Plato eaters. <laughs> no. <laughs> your flock, cleric. First day, three of them fall off of the lighthouse. Just They just go up and keep going in the circle right off the edge. It's like, wow, it shouldn't be this tough. Like I said, to clean the window from the inside. <laughs> what are you doing? Telling what they're full plate. But uh, Norhill was saying something, right? Yeah. Uh, so Norhill just says, yeah, you may think yourself not worthy, but the lantern you carry says otherwise. Someone thinks you are. Aw, Santa. Um, and so, <laughs> sorry. Um, 
Okay. And so with that clinging on you guys' minds, uh, I will say that staying at the tavern, you guys are approached by uh, a couple of Amarothian guard, uh, uh, sorry, Amarothian soldiers, as well as a couple of commoners, and they recognize you guys um, by description and by name. And many of them just kind of give you guys little salutes and gestures of like, I don't know, they're just a little bit, I don't want to say in awe, but to meet you guys in person and to see you guys all in the flesh is a bit of an astonishing moment for both parties. And so they sort of asked to buy you guys a meal or buy you guys some drinks in exchange for some of the stories and talking about, you know, the what really happened. Because from the commoners, you guys hear the story that, um, like you guys hear about having battled like an entire army of lizards in the swamp and having wrestled the Hydra to the ground, hearing of the Herculean strength of Jarzak and Norhill and in and Klika. And the soldiers tell you a story about how you guys survived the, uh, the, you know, the goalie there of Lamenting Vines, having like fought your way through like 300 style out of the goalie, slaughtering orcs the whole way through to the point there was almost like kind of like the pushing question of like, so are you guys going to do it again when the orcs show up and slaughter all of them easily? And you guys have this awkward moment of humility or perhaps Jarzak's going to milk it. I don't know. Jarzak milk- <laughs> Jarzak's just going to pitch back the story, the rumors that he's heard and just like make, step them up a level and be like, and we were surrounded by fire on all sides. Nowhere to go. Well, you should have seen the first Hydra we killed. And then every, <laughs> every like four or five things Jarzak says, Klika's just going to interject with, and Klika was the tallest. (laughs) She's not really sure what we're doing, but she likes it, and she wants to be the tallest. Very good. But now look at her. Wild time. (laughs) And so what I will say is, having you guys around and hearing these stories coming from you guys, it does seem to bolster the spirits as it seems that the Dashing Swordsman is sort of a place where soldiers come in every once in a while to get cheap ale and like a light sort of lunch or meal or something like that between rounds. But people coming in and catching like five, 10 minutes of you guys recounting the battles and tales and everything you've seen and done, it seems to bolster the spirits of people and having some heroes of Amaroth around, it seems to, to sort of like bring up the spirits of the city so in a way it seems like you guys are drawing more of a crowd but people are kind of in and out like a starbucks just listening in taking a couple sips taking in a bit of a story every once in a while you catch people kind of in the background just kind of nodding along or like shaking their heads like that can't be real and some people kind of slack jawed like whoa you guys talk to a robot um and Klinka was the tallest so like <laughs> fucking buy that you better believe it but with that, before you guys know it, the meals that you guys are being given change from porridge to bread to slabs of cured meats to all of a sudden the smells of that stew that was lingering in the background as dinner is poured out in bowls and the innkeeper comes over to you guys and pours it out for each and every one of you in bowls with a nice wedge of bread and some hardened cheese. And he kind of greets you guys warmly and says, as long as you guys are dishing up stories, the least I can do is give you something warm to eat. From what I heard, Jezorn's uh, outside. Apparently he's given some debriefings, but I think he's coming in soon. Well, thank you for your hospitality. Hospitality. Spospahality. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, uh, spospahality aside, 
Uh, and thank you for your hopple babble bee too. <laughs> We're all go hopping on down to Applebee's. Yeah. But anyway, with that, Jezorn sort of answering the call comes walking in, and you guys recognize this beardly rustic fellow come walking in, and he recognizes you guys immediately as well. And he, it's almost as if he sees a ghost for like a split second as he kind of like falters one step a little bit and proceeds confidently towards the table. And he stands over here with his thumbs in his belt loops and he looks at you guys and you can tell that one, he's covered in snow that's kind of like melted with the warmth of the room, but his beard is covered in like little dipplings of like icicles from his hot breath, like dangling his beard. You know what I'm talking about? And so he takes his hat off and kind of holds it between his hands. And he says, so this is the crew I've got. And he kind of like lets out a wry smile and he says, look, I'm happy to see you are all here. And I'm glad you're here in Glory Wake where we really need you. He says, I don't know what the queen's plan was, but we are very much so understaffed and outgunned when the grand scheme of things. And you can tell that the room around you is well enough boisterous that nobody's really picking up on what's going on in this conversation but it seems like you're almost in your own little conversational bubble here. And he says, we need to set up some sort of century in the South. That's a lot of S's. And we need to set it up in the Thalvier wood. But unfortunately, every scouting party, every century group I send down there, none of them come back. I need somebody, at least a group of people who are well-trained and can somehow disband whatever is out there. I don't think it's gonna be easy but if rumor is true, it sounds like you guys have already gone into the elven wood and survived. So it seems well enough that you know your way around. I'm not asking you to go far into there, and it's not technically even an elven county. But I've heard terrible rumors as he pulls a, a barrel over and sits down on it and comes to like eye level with most of the group. And he says, there's been rumors of strange bestial yellings and howlings and sounds that are a mix between human and beast out there. And I don't really know what to say other than some of my finest men have come back wounded and disheartened from our service and many more have not come back at all. They've told me of strange pig-like people, porcine with tusks, freakish beasts. They speak of, of wolves that walk on two legs. I'm no stranger to lycanthropy, but to hear of so many different beasts like this just roaming in the wild seemingly in the same territory, potentially in unison, is just beyond what I've seen before. I don't think this is of elven magic, but I've heard rumors of werewolves in the wood before. I would ask of you to please help us find out the cause of this place and, and get rid of whoever's in charge, potentially disbanding them. Because of the nature of their strikes, it seems like they're somehow organized. They seem to be more intelligent than just beasts. Not just attacking for the sake of it, but seemingly planning out these attacks. Again, my men are well-trained. And so to spot them, hunt them down and kill them and send some back alive, there's a tactician on the other side. And I don't know what their aim is. But if you would do this for me, not only would you have my thanks and the thanks of Glory Wake, but you may be able to save us from whatever onslaught might be coming from the Southlands. Having those sentries out there and those scouts could make the difference between being caught off guard from the southern edge of the city 
and being well-defensed and preventing a spearhead attack. If Do we it, know of anything it, that, apologies. Do we know of anything that would have been done to cause any aggression this would in the first place? Have your, how long have your scouts been attempting this? I mean, not for long. Ever since the attacks from the orcs from Gorgareth have been out there, we've gone trying to create something of a fortitious wall of, of at least centuries. But ever since they started going out there, it seemed like something was plucking them off. We just assumed the beasts of the wood would do such a thing. But to kill my men in droves like this, I have to turn to people like you to help us out. We'd be more than happy to do our part. And so with that, he kind of just gives a little bit of a, a nod and a little bit of bristling. And he says, if you would do this for me, he says, I think we can forget all that happened in the swamps of Eurigig. I think we can forget about whatever bad blood we have between us that happened before the gully. It's not a lot of us that survived that. And I think it's safe to say that what happened there that day weighs heavily on all of us. I have no time to hold grudges, and I have no time to hold grudges against good people like you. So he holds out a hand towards, I guess, whoever is directly in front of him, which I imagine would probably be Jarzak. He just reaches out a hand as if to, like, sort of shake as, like, I don't know, a sign of good peace. Yeah, Jarzak will shake his hand. And then he goes kind of around the circle, shaking everybody's hand. And so well, just gives him a pat and says, just so you know, there's never been many lad love, at least for me. <laughs> He's a little bit taken aback by that. He's like, eh, nothing against you, dude. And so with that, <laughs> he just kind of gives an odd and he says, sometimes it's hard when you've protected the lands as hard as I have for as long as I've had. I, I, it, it's hard to sort of treat the land like a thing that can bounce back from what happens. And so when you went out there on the queen's orders and did what you did, it seemed like a foolish errand, but perhaps it's time I start trusting the queen and her judgments. And he starts to kind of like look down at his hands and he says, even though we probably could use a lot more help over here. And if she doesn't take care of this, Glory Wick will fall and Gorgareth will have an army front on the Eastern on the Western shore. So, either way, I think it's best if maybe some of my scouts fill you in on what they've heard. I've heard much of it, but perhaps some of the horror stories will tell you something about it. Right. So, with that, he stands up and he says, I'll send men over in the morning at the changing of the shift, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. And with that, he gives a nod, and he steps out and just kind of walks back over to the bar, grabs something to drink, and then talks to a couple people before leaving. So what do you guys do at this point? So he said horror stories, right? So are we going to finally be able to fight a ghost? <laughs> it's just one ghost. It... That... That's, that's not what he was talking about. Well, I don't I... think we can afford to leave that sort of thing out. But somehow I doubt it. Okay. I'll have to leave that one on the list then. Jarzak, how are you going to fight the ghost? Um, have you, have you uh, figured that out yet? 
Because last time I asked, you said, I'll know in the moment. But I don't know, Jarzak. Yeah, see, my answer this time was going to be, I'll figure it out when the time comes. So that's much different. Yeah, that's true. Can I get yeah. Perception check party real quick? Can I get a what? what kind of check? Perception. Uh, an 11. 16. 17. 8. So, out of <laughs> absolutely nowhere, the party is kind of like brought to like a moment. But as between Jarzak and Klika, a short man's like head, he just like kind of pops up. And it looks like from where he's standing, he might be like either the tallest dwarf you've ever seen or one of the shortest men you've ever seen. But he just kind of pops up next to both of you two and he approaches the table and he says, Good evening. Hello. Uh, how's it going? Did nobody saw him coming up? Not at all. He just slinked right over and he is wearing what could be described as a cowl and some dark clothing. His breath reeks. He's got yellow corn cobby teeth. His nose kind of crooks forward in a way that looks very unnatural and very strange. And you can tell as he leans forward his little spectacles as he comes out of his cowl that he's got little fancy glasses that look to be custom made as one of them is much larger than the other one. And he leans in and he says, I didn't mean to startle you. Well, Klika, if he appeared directly next to Klika, Klika was probably eating some soup, thinking over what Jarzak said. And now the soup is just everywhere. She's just like fucking... Did that cat flip out thing where some you surprise a cat and it just like yeah. very quickly just moved its body in a million directions? Yeah, but does Klika, Klika also immediately mend it? Yeah, but <laughs> fucking <laughs> yeah, Jarzak just did one of those things where he like got startled so much he, he like started tipping out of his chair, just stood up. It was like, yeah, I was just standing up. <laughs> like, fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. How, how's it going? <laughs> I, I wasn't no, 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 like bangs his knees under the on the other <laughs> side of the table. Well met. Well, that he leans in and he says, "I hope that this is not offensive, but I was listening in on your conversation." And he lets out a weird smile, and almost like SpongeBob stinky Sunday breath comes out of his mouth, and he's just like, "I just, I thought I overheard you are going to the Thalvier Wood. Is this true?" Yes. Would you like to join us? He says, no, I'm sorry, I do not. But so long as you're traveling out that way, maybe I could ask you to do me a favor. Well, let's hear it first. Can I do, a, can I do a, uh insight, please? You can't just roll an insight check on someone because they're ugly and they talk weird, Ronnie. Yeah, that that's ableist as fuck. Damn it, Ronnie. <laughs> I mean, go ahead, roll it. With that, he says, I, I, I crit. what? <laughs> I crit, so. I mean, he's a creepy guy. With, he seems to be the kind of person who wants something from you guys, and he knows you can get it for him. He's not like, I'm going to kill you, but he's definitely not the guy who's just like, I'm making cookies. Like, Y'all not going to do drugs? Who said you get him drugs? No, I will not get you drugs, you <laughs> shit little Danny DeVito monster. Get out of here. I would not like an egg. Oh, man, this guy's just feeling green eggs and ham. But um, with that, he, he turns towards the group and he says, I need something from the woods. And if what the ranger said is true, 
I think we're in good company. I'm asking you to do me a favor, and I don't know that you're going to like it. Well, let's hear it first, and then we'll be the ones to decide that. He kind of opens up his his coat a little bit, and he pulls open one of the sides on his jacket in a very creepy kind of way. And you see inside, like, a dozen vials of different colored liquids of all different viscosities and tones. And, like, there, it's just a whole miscellany bin of strange colors and liquids. And he closes it, and he says, I am a specialist. I've been to the wood. Invisibly so. But they smelled me. So I did what I could, but I got out alive. Not many did. I've seen them. I can tell you much, but you need to promise me something. You will bring one back for me. In what condition? On what? I need it alive. If you bring it back alive, I'll give you something you can't buy in a store. Not many could procure such a thing, but I need to know if it can be done. What do you plan on doing with it? That is my business, but your reward will be clear. I have means to make strange elixirs and perhaps you would be so happy to have it. The strength of an ox, the speed and cunning of the fox, perhaps I can make you more than what you are. And he smiles again, noticing some of the holes in his teeth as he kind of grins madly and he closes his jacket up again and he says, but again, you didn't know I was here. Nobody knows I'm here. I will be back. Well, Cleco well, knows you're here. She can see you. He looks over at you and squints through his little glasses. And only when you get closer do you notice one of the lenses makes his eyeball gigantic and the other one makes it very tiny. Oh, God. So he turns away from you after blinking dramatically and he says, do we have a deal? I want one of the ones that looks like more pig than man. Or should I say goblinoid? And he looks over at Kleeka again. He's like, me. Damn it. One last thing we have to kill. Right, guys? Yes, do not kill it. But bring it back here. Okay. And so with that, he just you got a deal. Wicks the cowl up and marches out of the place. And as he moves about ten feet past here, he seems to walk behind somebody who's walking in, and he disappears from all view as he does. We didn't even get his name. I'm sure he'll find us. Don't worry. He Klika didn't get, introduce herself to him, so she he doesn't know Klika's name either. Wait, didn't you say Klika can see? Sure you? did, but <laughs> Klika didn't introduce herself, so it doesn't matter. They don't know me. Like, <laughs> dirty liar. But anyway, so with that, uh, is the party going to split ways for the evening, sleeping at half the church and half the inn? Yeah, I have to figure out, like, with the way the spell is going, I really don't want to be away as this, as this is completed. Like, that's the main thing that worries Anton. Like, he doesn't know how long this will take. And if he's gone, like, as the spell's being finished and the light forbid, the grand priest, the high priestess passes, he doesn't want to be away for that. Right. 
but the thing is, is that if he is to pass, he'll pass when the spell goes off. He's not going to drop dead like on day three. And it's going to take somewhere between seven days to a 10 day for it to complete. And it's already been it's like. going to take 10 days to get to the woods alone. No, no not at all. You guys are right on the wood line. Glory Wake is yeah. the most bordering city. And all so, right. With that. Um, so I imagine Klika and, and Anton go back to the to the church to go sleep in the barracks, whereas Jarzak and Norhill go to Betty Buys at the tavern. Aye, aye. Yeah, sounds good. And so by morning, uh, when Anton and Klika come back to the tavern, uh, there's already a trio of rangers who show up, and each of them look wounded terribly. Um, one of them looking very worse for wear, having been like helped in by one of the other rangers. And they come to you guys at your table and they mention that they're here to provide information. So what they're able to tell you is that they were all attacked at different times and in different groups. But the one thing in common amongst all their story is that they're attacked by the water and they're attacked by a river that runs out of there. One of them mentions that there is a pool of water with a waterfall. And he said that when he got there, he heard something playing the flute and said that that was like basically the last thing he remembers before getting beamed over the head and being like savagely attacked. And all he did was just run for his life through the snow to get back and barely made it out with his life. Oh no. They said it's only about like two days into the woods. If that, if you guys are traveling slowly. This might this might be taking a leap, Dan, and you can tell me no, but what kind of knowledge would it be for anything about the Fey? Uh the Fey would be arcane. Okay, that's not me. Or no, that'd be nature. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have it. I'd give you it for both of those. But yeah. It's just fucking piccolo fairies being like diddly diddly and um, knocking them upside the head, be like, get the fuck <laughs> out of my swamp. Yeah. The game of Shreks. This is all just Shrek metaphors. Shrekophores, as it were. Um, I already mentioned the Shrek green ketchup all over the place. I know. We're dealing with some like... Design. What's the name of that thing in a, in a, a screenplay when you introduce the gun? What's that called again? Chekhov's gun. Yeah, Chekhov's gun. There you go. I'm like, there you go. There's your Shrek ketchup. I didn't put it there not to use it. But anyway. Um, okay. So with that, you've been given decent enough directions that somebody with an okay sense of direction would be able to lead you guys to the water they were speaking of. Um, but yeah, they also mentioned that there were signs of orc sentries about too. They say it seemed like it was probably only one or two. And the signs were so far back in time that they probably were the same ones who helped attack some of the villages outside of the city. So it seems unlikely that orcs are hanging out in the woods. And if they are hanging out in the woods, it seems unlikely that they've survived it. So, whatever that's worth. So, with that, does the party want to begin their trip out early in the morning to the woods? Are we being provided with supplies? Um, yeah, I imagine you'd be provided with the supplies from our buddy there, Jezorn. So, he'll fork you guys over uh, additional rations. You guys also had, uh, I think, three days worth of rations each from the trip over here in the uh, carriage. But he'll provide you with an additional three days worth. So everybody should have six at the least. How many rations did we use? Before, so I've got seven. How many rations, or how many days does it take to get from Eagle Heart to Glory Wake? Oh, seven. So we yeah. used seven rations? 
and we got three to start you got 10 to begin with for free that came in the carriage Ah, okay yeah so you got the three bonus ones essentially from not having needed to eat them all but okay and so with that did the party want to head off into the woods now or was there more preparation and conversation you guys wanted to deal with before you leave choose wisely or unwisely i don't care i mean they both make podcast so the party has our own tents and everything right from what I remember, is, the queen gave you the big giant military tent. Is Jarzak going to buy anything to restrain the creature he promised to bring back alive? Yeah. Okay, just check it. Because Cleek is not. Because Cleek is not doing that. Jarzak already has rope, so... Okay, as long as he's good. Yeah. Not sure if there'd be anything else he could get. And I will say this much, too, that... One of the individual rangers who was uh, talking to you guys and telling the story about running away, he seemed the most shaken up by this whole endeavor, and he seems like he's probably going to desert. And so with that, as he left, he left a bundle like on the table, uh, and it was all wrapped up in rags. But inside of it is a silvered dagger and a silvered short sword, and he just kind of slides them over to you guys, and he says the job's not worth it. You guys think silver might be a key here? Oh, we know that there are lycanthropes in those woods. Uh, silver is necessary to hurt them. So if Jarzak didn't need to buy anything else at the general store or anything like that for restraints or whatever, we can be. Well, what else would they have for restraints other than just rope? Uh, I mean, I guess you could probably get like a tarp or something like that and then tie them up with that. You could also get chain, but I know you guys already have chain. You could probably buy a padlock if you want. Uh, no, Norhill only has right. ten, uh, 10 feet worth of chain is quite a lot of chain. But it's like only 10 feet. Like, you know, <laughs> quite a bit. That's quite a bit. How can, if, if it's a lycanthrope, that's also a wear elephant. Okay. <laughs> We're going to need more than 10 feet. Finally start scribbling out my notes. Like, there's no wear elephants. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll skip a, a lock then, if we have the chain and rope already. Okay. So you probably couldn't find manacles anywhere, right? I mean, there would be somewhere to hold people. Yeah, I mean, head but... over to the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The uh, sheriff over there going over to the head of the guard. I mean, you'd be able to procure manacles off them, but it's going to take a bit of a conversation to be able to maneuver those ones, so... Go ahead yeah, and tell me how you try to persuade that. Or yeah. so Jar- Jarzak will Yeah, Jarzak will go in and uh ask to see the sheriff, obviously. Right. We're gonna talk to the man in charge. Uh so we have a quest and we might need to be escorting a a real bad person back here. Uh would we be able to borrow some of your restraints so with that he's an old-timey guy and he kind of looks at you with a a look of having seen many of his family and friends slaughtered by orcs he knows who you are but he looks at you like kind of in a weird like looking down his nose at you kind of way and he says and who is this quest for he says i never sent out for any prisoners or anything to be brought back who's this for 
it's not for you. We're just going to be passing by with them. He says, who's requesting a prisoner brought back? <laughs> Flailing for the name. You're like, uh, yeah. Uh, this is a short uh, little Danny DeVito guy. Real creepy. Corncob teeth. Look kind of more like a jack-o'-lantern than a person. It was a request from a citizen here. And so with that, he kind of takes his glasses off and puts them on the table and he says, a, a citizen is requesting a prisoner brought back? Yes, sir. And he says, and you think that this is something that requires my manacles, my sort of restraints, and you're just going to do such a thing? It would make it a lot easier. You want a roll persuasion on that, that he's going to be like, you know, that is a life hack. Uh, 19. Okay. And so that he lessens up a little bit and he says, who's this citizen and you can have them. Uh, Jarzak's just going to make up a name. Okay. Go ahead and roll a deception then. You're just lying to the head of the guard who's worked here his entire life. I'm sure he doesn't know anybody. That's (laughs) That's a 24. And so I, I almost got a crit. I rolled off the 20. But with that, he says, huh. Is that Antibon's kid? Uh, honestly, I am not super close with him. And so with that, he gives a couple of nods and he says, well, he was working quite close with the Rangers Guild, so I suppose... Okay, that does make a bit more sense. I'm sorry for questioning you on such things, but you have to understand how this might look. So with that... Oh yeah, you can't just back. be giving out your supplies to anyone. So he goes to a big storage area and he brings back a dual, like a dual set of manacles with a set of chain in between that sort of lock from legs to hands. There we go. <laughs> and he hands them over to you in a cloth parcel and he says, uh, be good to these. Well, do. I'll hopefully have them back to you shortly. I was going to say they belong to my wife, but I'm like, that's got... <laughs> I, uh, I was like, all right, Dan, you were going to try and attach significance to those, but what an odd object to do so with. Well, I was like, I want to make the joke, but I'm like, you know, do we want to get kinky with Grandpa the guard? I mean, he might die. I don't know. Maybe that'll make the joke okay. But anyway, uh, yeah. So with that, the party uh, leaves with their manacle set in tow. Could I get a survival check from the party to begin their navigation through the snow-covered Thalvir wood? Oh, God. I'm really bad today. I got eight. I got uh, 15 to give Anton an advantage. So. Hey, Ronnie. Roll an advantage. Good luck. Well... Is it 12? Yeah. Okay, so following the directions, you proceed south following the way that they mentioned, following what looks to be almost like an old woodsman's trail <laughs> down into here. And so by the end of the first day, as the sun sets and you guys have an opportunity to set up a nice little camping site out here, um, what would you guys like to say you do for your uh, improv journey as you hike through about like a foot of snow that's real powdery out in this little woodsman's trail? from like, again, like 9 a.m. until about six o'clock at night. So what would you like to say you guys do during this trip? Or setting up camp? Um, I know Anton's just gonna be praying to 
the light in regards to the high priest and his health and well-being and the well-being of the spell. But other than that, I think he'll just be trying to keep as warm as possible. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. And then who else? Uh, Norhill is going to look out for any places where one of the skirmishes might have taken place. Okay. You can roll an investigate check for that real quick. Five. Okay. So it's hard to tell. You can't really see anything in the snow that's come drifting through here on wind seems to be blocking much of what you could have seen. Kliko or Jarzak, what you got? Uh, I think Kliko's gonna... Oh, no, I wanted to do that in town. That was what I was trying to remember. Never mind. Kleeka dies. New character. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess Kleeka will notice a group of, like, rabbits one day and just go and have a magical adventure with them while we're traveling. Oh, just really have a great time playing around with these rabbits. I like to think that you trip at some point, <laughs> face first, and just like yeah. stands up like. <laughs> In fact, it tripped immediately and ho- and dreamt the entire magical adventure. But Klika doesn't know that. Oh, very well. And Jerzak, you got something you want to tell me that happens on your magical travels? Yeah, while we're traveling, Jarzak's gonna, uh, when we stop, is gonna take either the sword or dagger and try to scrape a little bit of silver flex off onto the manacles. Okay, we'll say that you try to condition it like that, but yeah. it doesn't seem like it's working out it, very well. It might not help much, but anything's better than nothing, he thinks, so... Okay, and so night falls, and you guys have your wonderful state of rest, so... Uh, what's the order of the watch? Who's first on deck? I've been tell. sleeping all day, so she can take first watch. <laughs> all right, so why don't we just do Kalika, Anton, Jarzak, Nora, Hill? Works for me. Yeah, that's fine. All right. all right. And so with that, watch goes off without a hitch. The temperature drops a lot in the night, and it seems like we hit about like five degrees, 10 degrees. And it's just a bitter and angry cold. Um, but keeping close to each other inside the uh, old snuggle hut of the uh, military camp there, the party manages to stave off the cold pretty easily. Uh, morning light comes, and you guys are greeted to an interesting sight. As walking outside of the tent, you guys can see a bunch of footprints all around the tent. And looking around it, it seems like this must have happened in between somebody's watches. Uh, perhaps somebody with a passive perception of about a 13. Um, and so with that, the uh, parte notices that these footprints are very strange looking and not, not the kind of footprints you're used to seeing. Uh, does somebody want to roll a nature check on that if they got it? Uh, soft 20. These look like something of a large feline. 
as you look around at these footprints and you can see like the little daggerous claw marks on the ground and the shape of the padding and how lightly they kind of press into the ground, but they leave like a dense mark. It's as if something gracefully stepped, but with a lot of weight behind it. And after looking around at these, the only thing you can imagine is some sort of like, like a hefty predatory, like feline, like, like a giant mountain lion or, or perhaps a tiger or something like that. But it left some hefty footprints in the snow. And it seemed like it circled the camp from at least like 30 or so feet away. Steve French. <laughs> oh, no, it's Steve French. <laughs> oh, that one Trailer Park Boys fan who's listening at home is like, <laughs> got him. But, okay, so there you go, Jarzak. How about that? Guys, looks like a, some sort of medium to big cat out here <laughs> very mm. good two legs or four it looks like it's walking on well yeah i'd say two feet uh, two which oh, doesn't oh. make sense so maybe it's half a cat so or then it'd be a large a gasp. it'd be a large cat then because of the weight if only it has two feet or it's yeah. one of the things that we're looking for <laughs> Oh, yeah, it could be that, too. <laughs> Very good. And so everybody has a moment of a, a upright standing giant cat beast. Uh, with that knowledge of nature check, I'll let you carry it through. This makes sense for a lycanthrope, but one of a very threatening demeanor, and that's the were-tiger. And to assume that there's a were-tiger out here wandering about, stalking your camp, is not a good sign. But, um... I'll say from what you know with that knowledge of nature. Hold on. Would you say it's more than good? It's great. It's Tony the Tiger and it's a were tiger. Oh my God. Stop the podcast. I beat it. I beat podcasting. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, with that, Jarzak knows quite a bit about were tigers apparently, but with that, he he's well know, uh, well enough to know that these kinds of things are very rare and they're sort of different from other lycanthropes as they're not necessarily evil, nor are they good. They're not something that protects things. And instead they're strangely like proud of what they are, but very dangerous when confronted. So they make for quite the dangerous loner out there in the middle of nowheres. Um, but yeah, so whatever that's worth to you. Would you explain okay. this to the party, or are you just going to... Yeah, I'd, I'd pass it along to the party. <laughs> roll the deck, sit back there, and be like, hmm, <laughs> oh, with either a circus cat that can walk on its hind legs, or one that does handstands. I don't know what to tell you guys. It's fucked. But with that, uh, can I get another survival check as the party heads their way towards the river that was described? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's not too much to ask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you will have advantage on this one as well. Uh, it is 20. Cool. So with that, um, I'm going to go ahead and give everybody a perception check uh, and add advantage. Ooh. Anton manages to cross you guys over a bit of a hillock, and from the vantage point that you guys have, you have a, a very good chance of noticing this. I got a six. I got an eight. 18. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got another 20. All right. So Anton and Jarzak both kind of stopped in their tracks, both of them noticing something above the tree line, as you guys can sense like a, a darkened gray kind of patchy smoke in the distance. And it's very faint because of how it's arisen, but Jarzak doesn't even notice the smoke. And instead, Jarzak's stomach growls in a way that it hasn't growled in many months, as you smell what could only be described as orcish blood sausage. And you are hearkened back to this like old timey, homey, hearty dish on the road of just, just big old beefy blood sausage. And you just have this weird moment of like, uh oh, as it seems, mom. <laughs> uh oh. Mommy. <laughs> um, oh, Jarzak's broke. We really did break the podcast. Go to the top. <laughs> Sucker punches Jarzak. <laughs> he cries out for his mommy. Um, so with that, uh, it seems that there must be an orcish camp somewhere nearby, uh, what appears to be, uh, to the West, closer to the coastline, but really it's gotta be like half a mile if that, but that smell just catches on the wind in a very particular way that just brings Jarzak back to his, his youth. Uh, guys, I think, think we got some orcs. And not just me. That could definitely prove a troublesome thorn in our side. Yeah. Oh, with the concept that there are orcs in the midst, there's also a quest at hand. What would the party like to do? Going in the direction of those orcs would derail you guys from where you're headed, but not much. But who knows what the camp pointed out could Norhill maybe get try to ballpark it based on the amount of like wood smoke is coming from the camp? Because of the wind and the way that it's traveling over towards you guys, they only barely got a hint of it. So it could just be that the wind's really carrying it, or it could be that there's a ton of them. You know what I mean? And it's hard to tell based on what you're dealing with now. <laughs> we should oh, no. assume that we're dealing with if not a large, at least a sizable force. I suggest at least uh, getting some reconnaissance on them to know what we're dealing with. Um, Klika can try scouting ahead. Well, Anton mean, looks for Darzak and he says... I can go talk to them. You know, I got three idiots back this way. None of them would even see it coming. <laughs> they use your manacles on you. Bring them back. <laughs> we found the traitor. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> got him. So what's the plan? Is Kalika going to do reconnaissance on her own? No, uh, no, Norhill will also suggest that whoever's going to do reconnaissance will go at least close enough to give back up. Okay, is that the plan? Yeah, but you know, not so close as to spoil any stealth checks that somebody might make. All right, so we'll say you guys make it about a quarter mile or so, leaving a few hundred feet, so that way it's absolutely safe. Um, Klika, if she is going by herself... Uh, or if Jarzak's going, I don't know what the plan is uh, at this point. I think Jarzak would want to go up closer to Klika because 
even if he messes up her stealth, he might be able to talk to them. So, so the plan is for you both to stealth, and then if shit hits the fan, you'll just talk your way out of it. Not you just walk up normal, and then Klika will stealth just in case. I I I can walk up normal, yeah, and Klika can stealth. Okay. So, did you guys want to split up or walk together? Uh, probably a little bit of distance between us, but not much. Okay. So, Klika, can I get a stealth check? Boop. 23. Okay. And so with that, you guys travel through the snow following the river uh, to the west. And you guys can see, as you, I mean, Jarzak and Klika can both tell that smell the wood smoke is just really apparent. There must be something like of a heaping fire out here. And as you guys get closer and closer, it seems like at this camp, there's at least 10 orcs all kind of just ganged up in a couple of tents over here. And they seem to be eating a meal, which, you know, to Jarzak's stomach's, uh, you know, dismay, it is blood sausage. Um, but Klika manages to hide on some bushes about 30 feet away from their encampment. Absolutely quiet. Um, so Jarzak, if you'd like to, you can approach the camp. Yeah, Klika doesn't recognize any of them as the orcs that she saw before, right? Nope. Out by uh, Coopersford? Okay. Negatory. And so yep. with the- Jarzak will approach. Okay, so as you come walking up through the snow, uh, one of the orcs who's tending to the uh, the fire and kind of throwing logs on, as he's turning, picking up a log and tossing on, he looks over and he sees you approaching, and he just barks out in orcish, and he just like, and he just like yelps out, and the other ones all kind of get to alarm, and they look over and they say, and they yell it out in orcish. Oh, it's Jarzak, I thought I smelled, oh, is that blood sausage you got cooking over there? And so with that, one of them kind of looks to you as he looks back and forth in like a very crude kind of putting pieces together kind of way. And he says, what are you doing out here? I'm doing the work of our people. He's like, I'm your son. (laughs) Papa? Guys, I got to get out of here. All those years of dodging on child support. Orc support, no. <laughs> but with that, um, the orc says, of which clan do you belong? Yeah, Jarzak, what clan do you belong to? It's been it's been Jared's big make stuff up on the spot day, huh? <laughs> uh, and it's with names that, the, you know, the person Jared's really fucking bad at doing. Yeah. Man, I asked you like months ago when we started this. I was like, what's your clan name? And what did you say? I don't have one because yeah, I'm I don't, I don't. dishonored. So go ahead and tell us with your storyline that you have no clan name because you're dishonored. Yeah. You can put a spin on it. Uh. <laughs> I forgot it at home. <laughs> How's, it <going? laughs> How's it going? Not technically untrue. Well, that's why I'm saying it's a knee slapper. I don't have a clan name anymore. And so that they all kind of like start laughing to one another in a very like, is this fuck for real kind of way where they're all like looking back and forth. They're like, are you clanless? That's what happens when the leader of your clan uh, dishonors the whole clan. And so with that, one of them looking to the other says, so I guess it wouldn't matter if you died. No one to mourn your loss. Clanless. I mean, what good are you to us, clanless? 
I have some powers that might help in the mission against Glory Wake. And with that, they kind of look back and forth at one another as one of them looks to a tent in a very dramatic, like, <gasps> and looks square at one of the tents. And they look back over at you and they say, what do you know about Glory Wake? <laughs> I know a lot about Glory Wake. The ins and outs. How to perhaps get in and start a riot from the inside. And so with that, um, the biggest meanest one who's been kind of eyeballing back and forth starts to walk over to you and he says, are you looking to join my clan, Welp? Is this the entire clan? And he looks at everybody around him and he starts cracking up and they all start this like hooting, whooping laugh. And they look back at you and they say, we are numerous and we are proud. Many died in the gully. We're coming with more day by day. These fools don't protect the woods to the south. And we, we will fight from the south. They won't stand a chance. If you can prevent them from protecting these woods, you will be repaid and you will be part of our clan. And what's your clan name? Well, yeah, I, was just, uh, I, I was just gonna ask. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Are you asking the DM to come up with a name on the spot? Yeah. And what clan is it? Fucking butthole. That's what it is. Orc clan butthole. And not to mention, I've heard of you. NPCs <laughs> mighty in numbers. NPCs I come up with for one random encounter versus a character who's been around for fucking months with a rejected name that never came up to the point we had to come up with a role-playing example of why he wouldn't have a name. <laughs> this is Sayoth all over again. This is any of them. <laughs> yeah, one day you'll learn I'm real bad with names. <laughs> I mean, apparently, but I'm still going to call you on it. Thanks for That's story. fine. <laughs> so with that, he says, do we have a deal? Yeah. It would be nice to finally be back in a clan and not one of those small shitty ones. And so as you approach, he sort of like, you know, reaching to like extend for a handshake as you approach, you see him stop for just a second and he sniffs a little bit and he says, why are you so clean? Jarzak is not clean. Kleka's <laughs> watch was before Jarzak's. <laughs> and I clearly have... the snow? And whatever I can, yeah. You dig through the snow, there's dirt under it. Hey, Kleka. Mm. Is Jarzak clean or dirty? Uh, oh, Jarzak was clean when Kleka went finished her watch, and then Jarzak was later. I mean, you guys <laughs> walked all the way up here pretty close together. I don't think you're rolling in the mud. Yeah, didn't we... Didn't we make the check to find this camp after making a survival check so we would have been on the road and everything? It, yeah, so Cleeky would have cleaned him. And so with that, <laughs> aw, and so with that he says, Cleeky's like, yeah, he's clean. This is it. <laughs> From the bushes. <laughs> that he says, why do you smell so clean? You smell like the dead. And they kind of like cackle a little bit. And as you look over to the wood pile, you can see on the other side of it a few beheaded rangers in a heap and they all start kind of laughing to one another and they say, we smell clean like them, clanless. 
you can see a couple of them start moving a little bit closer around the fire to your general direction. And they seem to be brandishing weapons. Makes it easier to get close to them. They won't sense the presence. And so with that, he says, I don't think they're going to miss you much. And that's where we're going to end. Hey everybody, it's the Young Grognard here. I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you have anything you'd like to tell me, any questions or concerns, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. As always, keep it real, and more importantly, keep it dungeonous. Thanks. Thanks.